Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome back to Brown Bag Bets. Powered by Betsperts, we are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen, and joining me as always, Mr. Andy Molitor. And it's not just Friday, Andy. It's a Felica Friday. Joining us from State College, from the lovely courtyard by Marriott, Mr. Chris Felica. It's good that you're there. I know you had a little trouble getting there, but how's it feel to be in Pennsylvania on such an ugly day? Actually, it's a nice, typical central Pennsylvania, overcast, gray, like misty day. So, yeah, kind of a uh, what it is, I think, for a majority of the fall. But, no, it's, it's funny because Penn State uh, football actually is was my first uh, kind of uh, – uh, experiment, I should say, or soiree into uh, college football. I have a lot of family in uh, northeastern Pennsylvania, and they're obviously Penn State fans. And being a kid from Long Island, we didn't exactly have big time college football uh, on Long Island or you know, nearby. So Penn State was the uh, the team, and watching them with my uh, with my family that got me into college football. So I always like coming back here to get to get to see them as well. So uh, looking forward to a uh, uh, a fun weekend. That's always good. It's nice to have another Penn State fan around, especially when we can make fun of a Gopher fan like Andy. <laughs> no, yeah, we don't want to do that. <laughs> Only no, one I'm not in the though. Keystone State. Although Long Island does have a team, um, and it's a team you should be betting against if you have FCS lines, because I think they were getting seven touchdowns the other day. Didn't come close to sniffing that one. If you can find lines to fade, God, was it the Blackbirds? or I think they merged with another well, school and well, yeah, there's there, there's LIU with a CW post, really, and then there's a uh, there's Stony Brook, which which is which is another team, uh, Hofstra, obviously was, and uh, yeah, there, there, there's some uh, there's some FCS football to be had on uh, on on Long Island as well. But the only thing I'm going to give you grief about being a Gophers fan is that ridiculousness of PJ and the oh we're not going to release a depth chart, but it did allow my guy it did allow my guy Dave Platty to have some fun and put together a depth chart of his own for Colorado this week. Yeah, if anybody hasn't seen that, go find the Colorado depth chart release. It's pretty funny because the Gophers are apparently going to be secretive and play a little dirty pool and not release one. You go find that tweet. It's pretty good. But uh, yeah, we mentioned this off the air a little. It's not like there's not a game that really sticks out to me that I'm just like a really heavy marquee matchup I'm excited about. But there's a lot of like above average games. It's like another one of those weekends. It's similar to last week. A bunch that are above average and... Probably start with the Cowboys and Boise State there. Oklahoma State getting five versus Boise there with a decent-sized total. Yeah, I've seen this number anywhere from from three-and-a-half to four to four-and-a-half to five. So definitely look around and find uh, what your best number is. And I like Boise State in this game. Uh, I just I think they basically did everything that they could have done at UCF except win that game. Uh, you, you come back, you get an easy win in, in your in your second game. But Oklahoma State, while defensively they are much improved, and I love the job that Knowles has done, it seems like every week there's something with Spencer Sanders. Uh, they can't run the ball nearly as well as, A, they should, and, and B, as they have in the past. And I think going on the road, I think Andy Avalos, a defensive-minded head coach, will have a pretty good game plan in, in store there. And, and I like the Broncos and the rare opportunity that they get to Host a power five team on that blue turf to uh, to walk out with a win. You dig it. Then I guess it's it's funny. I never really think of Oklahoma State as a power five team, but you're right. It counts. <laughs> and obviously they were a little better running the ball last year. Um, ACC action, Florida State, Wake Forest. Florida State coming off a 
weird week. I guess we'll call it a weird week. That's another one too. Where I didn't, I was not watching that game. It was one of those things. And God bless Twitter because, you know, in the old days, you have to wait till the ten o'clock news to say, oh, like something crazy happened in a game. They'll show the mm-hmm. highlight on the news tonight, but like instantly, you can be like, oh my God, like that's a, there was two people between this kid in the end zone when he caught the ball. How did they? I mean, I, I get catching the ball short there, but how did he make his way in? So Florida State getting five versus the Demon Deacons this week. A little higher total in that one. What do you? What are you looking at that one there, Chris? Yeah, and I, I've seen some four and a halfs as well for this. And I, I don't know why this number has come down from five and a half or whatever it was. Like, I would not want to back Florida State right now. I know the the the, for the knee-jerk reaction, the, the first thought people will have was, oh, they'll, they'll bounce back after losing to an FCS team. But I think we all kind of got excited with that Sunday night game against Notre Dame because it was the only game on that night and everybody wanted to see Mackenzie Milton do well. And that became a story. Jack Cohen had a huge game, but but what, what if in reality that really was just two like average to mediocre teams like we've seen in the past in that game on a, in a, in a big setting. And look, we all want to see Mackenzie Milton do well, but he's averaging 4.8 yards per pass attempt right now. Uh, Jordan Travis, the other quarterback is, 40-something percent completions, and three of his 22 passes have been completed to the other team. Wake Forest is a team that I do not think gets the uh, the credit for having the, the talent level that, that that they do. I think everybody just sees Wake Forest as this uh, fight hard, scrap, claw. But Sam Hartman's the best quarterback on the field. Uh, Dave Clawson does a great job with that team. Uh, getting the talent that they have to really overachieve even more than, and I I love Wake Forest in this game. If you go back as well, since uh, 2017, the last 14 road games for Florida state, they're two and 12. And the two wins came against a Bobby Petrino coach Louisville team and a Steve Adazio coach Boston college team. So, and the losses have been non-competitive. I like Wake Forest to keep the, uh, the seminal struggles going. Yeah, uh, Alex, you're familiar with uh, Peter, Peter Plus, actually, because uh, we yes. have two Peters in our tennis <laughs> chat. He's a big Notre Dame fan, and he was he was a little upset after this game. He's like, oh, my God, our best win is Toledo now. This isn't good. Like, he's, he's very, he's very worried. And like you said, he, I think he's in the same boat. He's like, oh, no, like the Irish are, they're winning, but like, they're not, they're not winning against good teams. And this might be, yeah. this might be a season that turns or turns for the worse eventually. Yeah. And he, he could be, he could be in for a little bit of a struggle this week, this weekend with, with Purdue as well. Uh, I think everybody just kind of thought everybody just, everybody expected big things from Jeff Brown quickly because he pulled that big upset of Ohio state. And then what happened was, injuries, attrition, and then Indiana stepped forward and had a run last year. I think people kind of forgot about Purdue, but Notre Dame has not run the ball well. Marcus Freeman's defense has not played up to the level that people thought. I think losing guys like Lufau were a big deal. Offensive line has been an issue. I think they could find themselves in a uh, in a game tomorrow with, uh, with, with the Boilermakers for sure. Yeah, we'll see. That, that one should be quite a bit of fun. I mean, it- could Notre Dame just blow out enough of these teams the rest of the way yeah. to get enough attention? I mean, and, and is that really it? Like, do they have to basically win every game by two touchdowns or more for the rest of the season at this point? It, it, it's funny because win, winning should probably be enough, especially for a team uh, like Notre Dame. They're still going to have North Carolina on the schedule later in the year, and they'll be ranked by the time they play them again. And, and look, at least they've, they, they've been on impressive, but they've won the two games. You've got two teams from the college football playoff, 
from last year that already have losses. You've got, what, I think, uh, four teams from the preseason top 10 that have already have losses. Seven teams that were ranked are already unranked. So while they've been unimpressive, they've won, and they say a lot more than uh, than some other teams can. And that's true. Yeah. At the end of the day, not, they do love the undefeated. Not going to make the playoff with losses, especially teams like that. Yeah, they do have uh, they do have some tougher, tougher uh, matchups down the road here. Um, speaking of tougher matchups, who did Arizona State play last? It was UNLV. Yeah, beat the tar out of UNLV yeah. as as teams do. Tougher matchup. This is, I don't know. Maybe you show me this matchup a couple years ago and tell me this is like a, a rank two two ranked teams going at it. I would have probably not believed you, but yeah, Arizona State BYU. They're both. What, right around 20th? I think BYU's maybe 23rd, but uh, yeah. Small favorite there for the Sun Devils and lowish total. Lowish for college totals, I guess. Yeah, we, we haven't seen Arizona State play its best football yet. And, and this is more of a, a combination of that, expecting them to finally play uh, their best games. They have not been good as a road favorite under Herm Edwards, uh, so it's a little concerning to me. But at the same time, I think the fact that BYU – it broke that long losing streak to the youth last week. Emotional high. And now you get a third straight Pac-12 team uh, in consecutive weeks. Um, I would think there might be a little bit of a like an exhale kind of start slow for, for BYU. And I do think ASU will will come out and play its best game and, and go to Provo and get a win. Yeah, the next game we wanted to talk about, um, a West Coast game. This one could be quite a bit of fun. And Matt Rooney and I actually talked about this on Monday. I think we like the over here. Fresno State versus UCLA. I believe this is even Pac-12 after dark. We love this. Chris, what do you yeah. see in this game? I, I think the initial the initial thought by a lot of people would be like, wow, this is uh, 11 points against a, a team that played Oregon so tight in Eugene a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and blew out a terrible UConn team. I'd, I'd be a little careful, though. Again, I'm guilty, I think, at times, maybe of going a little too much into the intangible, emotional, kind of situational type stuff. And, and I openly admit it. But I got to wonder if in that, in that Oregon game, first week of the year, Oregon got up 14-0 quickly, 21-6. I, I had to wonder, did their minds start to maybe wander a little bit to the game in Columbus the following week. And and maybe the, the Thibodeau injury obviously didn't help. The flow injury obviously uh, didn't help. And maybe there were some things going on there. But the way UCLA has been played, they had the week off since the blowout went over LSU. Uh, the fact that the Clay Helton news has been in the news cycle, not only in Los Angeles, but nationally, has kind of taken a little bit, I think, of the spotlight off of UCLA. So look, I, I think UCLA, the way Charbonneau and Britton Brown have been running the ball. I think DTR is going to continue to play better. Uh, UCLA's defense has been very uh, opportunistic. Uh, Hainer obviously has had a great start to the year, but uh, my my initial impression here is to is to go ahead and lay the points with the Bruins. I think Chip has them in a good spot right now before they start Pac-12 play next week. I like that quite a bit. Yeah, and I mean, good, good point with the look ahead. That was a well, first of all, like an awesome win for the Oregon program to go do what they did. And, you know, maybe we find out they played a Minnesota team closer than I think people expect them to as well. Mm -hmm. Maybe we find out just Ohio State wasn't the powerhouse, but still to go do what they did and win by the, pretty much the entire game. You know, you wonder if there was a little bit of a look ahead, but UCLA shouldn't have that this week. I get that Stanford won, but Stanford is still probably not a good team. They do have to go play Stanford next week, and they had a week off. You should 
probably just take care of business here. And yeah, UCLA, I, I was just looking at their schedule. They don't get, they don't get USC until later in the year. Obviously they have that, uh, your crosstown game is, I feel like that's always scheduled a little later in the season. That's always a fun one. And it'll be, uh, be interesting to see how the, how the rumors fly between now and then in the coaching search. I like the Urban Meyer's super convincing press conference where he just put his hands in his pockets and said, no, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here to build a team. So guys don't worry about me oh yeah that was that was something i will probably not stay up for this one i'm too old for this sort of thing in the midwest <laughs> staying up for it i just checked this game does start at 9 45 i like to watch i like to watch these on the on the replay sunday morning when i'm getting ready for nfl uh speaking of nfl before we let you go last gate last night was honestly kind of a dumb game i actually hated every part of it i, ha- I had the, no, and i had the under and they get 60 points and eight field goals every drive ending in points in the second half per year it was it was something rough for having an under and it, it was what it was i actually had a field goal prop over three and a half field goals it took away some of the pain but not many things went right for me do you have any looks sunday you got anything you're excited about watching for the nfl this weekend uh, I'm, I'm curious to see how those uh those those big favorites fare and i'm, I'm probably gonna burn green bay in my survivor pool I, yeah I'm surprised. I, again, I always like to look at teams that win games as an underdog, and then and, and then the following week are, are, are favorites. How they do? Like, I'd be pretty pretty interested in taking uh, the Raiders uh, plus that six points for, uh, against Pittsburgh. Like, I don't think very much of. I I think Pittsburgh will be fine. They're probably right in that in that seven eight win range but i still don't know if they should be laying six points uh with with that offense i mean you get get the the special teams touchdown and a bill's kind of implosion uh in that game obviously the the raiders offense could present a lot of mismatches um i I might i might be uh on board with taking the raiders plus the plus the uh the six in pittsburgh on sunday Yeah, wildly varying opinions on that game from the people I yeah, talked to to the, po- to the point where to the point where it's like I'm I'm probably just staying away from that. And like you mentioned too, there's three double digit favorites sitting on the board this week, which makes it awful tempting to try to take one of those big dogs because as ever teams don't play for covers, they play to just get the win. It doesn't matter <laughs> if they win by eleven or fourteen when that number's sitting in thirteen. So might be looking at uh, might be looking at the Falcons alpha. Like I, I love betting a really big underdog to begin with, especially off a really big stinker like the Falcons laid last week. So it's I'm doing some soul searching before I get to that one. But uh, yeah, Chris, we, thank you for coming on, talking some college football with us. And everybody check you out tomorrow live from State College, Happy Valley, Penn State. Yeah, Penn State Auburn. I almost yep. couldn't remember. Yep, Penn State yeah. Auburn, why not? Do you got anything for that game, by the way? I would look at maybe uh, potentially playing – uh, like a first half or a first quarter under. I think the environment early on will make it a little difficult for Auburn. I think you'll see some conservative uh, play calling with, with Bigsby just to kind of work their way into the game. I still don't know how good either team is. Auburn's beaten nobody, uh, but I do think uh, Bo Nix obviously has looked much more comfortable in this offense than he has Gus Malzahn's offense. But at the same time, Penn State surprised me last week against Ball State winning uh, in convincing fashion. I, I thought maybe they might sleepwalk a little bit, but, but and they, they probably should have won easily, uh, but they, they, they're talent-wise, they're better than Ball State. But at the same time, I still, they did not play really great 
in that opener against Wisconsin. Uh, their, their defense was on the field for 95 plays. They did only hold the Badgers to 10 points, but a couple of those were like self-inflicted uh, Wisconsin mistakes in the red zone. Clifford and that offense were terrible in the first half, and he has struggled against Power 5 teams in the past. So I, I would look at a slow starting game and maybe look at a uh, a first quarter or a first half under. I think that quite fit. All right. Appreciate the time. We'll let you get back at it. We'll look for you tomorrow and we'll catch you next week. Talk some more college football. Good luck this weekend. Same, same to you. Great talking to you guys again. Thanks, Bear. All right. right. What does that leave us with? Just golf and tennis. There's not much going on. We're still a month away from basketball. We're still, I'm pretty much set for football this week. I gave away all my bets on, I have more bets this week. I only had three in a teaser last week. Ooh. And I went with, I think I have three totals and four sides this week. I'll have to, that's all up on bets first. You can check it out. But my golf, I'll just say my golf real quick. I don't have any daily plays right now. I didn't like any of the numbers. Some of my stuff is trending right. If you read my article, I played Simpson over Rom at like plus 228 for a full tournament matchup. And I have Rom to miss the cut at eight to one. Rom is tied for 98th right now or going into this round. So just honestly, like hitting it outright would be nice. But if Rom could just miss the cut and Simpson finish ahead of him, like <laughs> my, my weekend, my weekend is made. Like if, I, if I can hit those two right off the bat, I don't know if I've ever hit on a matchup, a head to head matchup at over like two to one. Those are, those are difficult. Some daily ones. Sometimes you play it's like this number's too high for the variance that we're going to see. So uh, today, yeah, just cheering against John Rom this afternoon. I like it. And while you're cheering against John Rom, we're going to be cheering for a couple of women on the tennis courts, Andy. Luxembourg, this will be this afternoon. I think it's supposed to be around 1 o'clock Eastern. Again, this is tennis, so that's the earliest it's going to start. It might be later than that. Elise Merton's having a solid tournament um, so far. She's going to play Marketa Vondrasova. A little surprised here. She's an underdog. Um, has a solid head-to-head here against Vondrasova. I believe it's 3-1, and 2-1. to one, Some pretty solid wins. Mertens has struggled at points during the year. And again, I think Vondrasova is getting a little too much credit still for her hot run in Tokyo through the Olympics. Has been more or less kind of mediocre since then. As I look at it, Mertens grades out overall the better player to me. I tweak a few things. I can get it a little bit closer, but I have Mertens, you know, minus 125, somewhere in like that minus 120 range. So any plus number looks good to me. I was able to grab plus 105. I believe that number is still readily available. And then also this afternoon, unfortunately, at the same time, you have to get two screens going or figure out a split screen situation in Poteros. Kaha Yuvan, uh, back on her again, got the win for us and the cover yesterday, which was great. Um, or actually, I think she finished it this morning or something. It's, there's been a little bit of rain there. She is an underdog to Tamara Zidancic. Zidancic, one of my favorite players to back on clay, but we're on hard courts here. Right? I, again, as I look at some of my numbers here, I'm struggling to make Yuvan an underdog. It could be, again, that she's had to play a little bit already today, but not too concerned about that. It was just a set, frankly, less than a set. They had already started it here. And overall, again, grades out as the better player to me. I also have her as a favorite. Again, kind of in the same range as I had Mertens, minus 125 or so, maybe a little bit better. Again, a little bigger adjustment, you know, less of an edge because she has to play today. So that makes sense to me. But plus 105, plus 110, plus 115. There's even some plus 120s out there. I'd probably draw the line right around plus 110. I don't know. Plus 105 is probably okay, but I'm going to 
say you shouldn't do that, I guess. I don't know. Um, draw, yeah. draw some lines out there, Alex. Line in the sand. Plus don't, 110, I think, is, is where I'll put the line on Yuvon here. Again, had to play some tennis already. That could be good. That could be bad. But two underdogs for us on a Friday as we roll into the weekend. I like that. And Yuvon, yes, Yuvon, despite winning the first set in a tiebreaker, did come through on the minus two and a half by the skin of her teeth. So Tell she me. was a winner for us this week. Hopefully we can get a little more money out of Kaha Yuvan. I believe the J is silent. So go Kaha, go to hell, John Rahm, except for, <laughs> just, honestly, just miss the cut. Get to Wisconsin, win all your matches Focus. for your Let's go. Focus on the Ryder Cup. That's what Ryder we Ryder Cup's way more important than the fart net or whatever it is. Yeah, fart, yeah We'll see you fart next week. Net. I'm going to fart net. We'll have fart net. Yeah, we'll, we'll have some good giveaways. I'm going to give away some, probably going to give away some NFL tickets next week if you pay attention. No big deal. Yeah.